Hey everyone, I'm your host Tom Shaughnessy and welcome back to Chain Reaction, a research-driven podcast that's a part of Delphi Digital. If you're not on Delphi's research portal, you're missing out on the critical analysis read by the top minds in the crypto space, so be sure to check it out. One quick housekeeping item, nothing said on this podcast is a solicitation to buy or sell any security or token or to make any financial decisions. I may personally hold tokens mentioned on the podcast and you can view our show notes below for our complete disclosures. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you about Delta Exchange. If you're looking to trade crypto futures and options, check out Delta Exchange where you can trade futures on Bitcoin and leading altcoins with up to 100 times leverage. Delta also offers options on Bitcoin and altcoins, spread contracts, and interest rate swaps. Launched in 2018 and backed by industry leaders like CoinFund and Aave, Delta is a secure and trusted platform to trade crypto derivatives. Head over to delta.exchange to trade with strong liquidity and low trading fees. Now back to our episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Delphi Podcast. This is the Chain Reaction segment, and I am with Red, also known as Redemption of Harvest Finance. Red, how's it going? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Is it Red or Redemption, man? I mean, it's not, Red sounds casual. Redemption sounds pretty killer. What's, what's, what's your uh, favorite? I mean, it, it's sometimes it can be a mouthful. So people just like to spit out red. We're in a, over conversation. It comes from uh, IRC chat. That's how long I've been messing around on, on chat. I mean, way back in the day since bulletin board services. Um, so it's kind of spelt funky because there's a, a character limitation. So it's missing the second E in redemption. So people just call me red sometimes because it's easier that way. So either or. That, that works, man. Well, I, I like I like both. So let's dive right into Harvest, man. I mean, you guys have, I remember my partner, Jan and me seeing you guys pretty early on, and now you guys are up to 500 million in deposits. Give us the TLDR and what Harvest is. Sure. So real quick, I'm a community manager um, for Harvest Finance. I'm not a developer. Um, I actually have very little technical experience. Um, I do moderation for other um, projects in the community. Um, Harvest is the one that I, I recently joined just from day one as being a yield farmer myself. I'm joining the community, learning about it. I love to talk crypto. So when something really excites me, um, like Harvest Finance does, I'm like, I latch in, I dig into the details. I'm, I'm dug in like a tick. Um, and they really needed some assistance with all the people in flooding um, into the chat. And I was just trying to be helpful. And I kind of became a moderator and I've been hanging on um, for uh, 11 weeks. So um, uh, the quick rundown of Harvest Finance is um, we're an um, automated yield farming platform, right? So yield farming, um, if you've heard of like a, a curve finance, um, you can go and deposit some liquidity with curve finance. And over time, they will reward you um, some CRV tokens. So they'll pay you money or reward or incentive, or whatever you want to call it, for providing liquidity to their platform. But to do that as an individual user, it can be very time and gas intensive, right? And then depending on the project you're looking at, you may not know the security parameters. You just may not have all the time to dig into the details of all these other random farms that are popping up and saying, hey, come and make all this money. Come and make all this APY with us. Um, so Harvest Finance tries to make it very simple for a user. So instead of saying, I have to go to Curve, deposit, that's gas. Then I have to take the, the Y token that they give me and then deposit that and stake that. And that's more gas. And then I have to wait for over time to get my rewards, withdraw it, sell it, 
um, turn it back into the base asset that I initially deposited in to do compounding, right? Because that's what APY is. Everybody in, in crypto gives you APY, but that's a compounding figure. So you have to go through all these very time-intensive steps, um, cost-intensive, um, when the, you know, go- we is all the way up to 500, you know, and it can cost, you know, $25 per transaction to do anything, right? So, so Harvest Finance does that all automatically. And because costs are um, shared across all depositors, it costs you like fractions of a penny to do that compounding. And you're not even having to do it. it the system's doing it for you instead of, you know, possibly paying $25 and, you know, an hour of your time jumping through all those steps. So um, that's in a nutshell is what um, Harvest Finance does. It's just a, a very user-friendly way to participate in the yield farming um, ecosystem. That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy to think only a couple of weeks ago we had to do all this manually. And I'm, I mean, the experts still do, but it seems like using an aggregator is just so much easier right now, right? So can you just walk me through one quick example? Like what actually happens on the back end if somebody deposits an asset? I know it varies a lot asset by asset, but what's actually going on? Like where's this asset being sent? Where's the yield coming from? How exactly does that all work? Yeah, so um, just like in the example that I gave you with Curve, um, Essentially, that's all happening on the back end, right? So there's um, what's called a vault, and each vault has a specifically programmed strategy into it. So if you go into the front page of Harvest Finance, you can see up to like 14, 15 different um, strategies or, or vaults, right? So you deposit your DAI coin or your USDC or whatever um, strategy you want to get into. It basically puts your money into that giant vault and pools it with everybody else. And then depending on the strategy, so like Curve, it may take your USDC, deposit a Curve, again, get those Y tokens, and those Y tokens are deposited um, at Curve, and then you start earning CRV tokens. But then on a daily or bi-daily basis, um, Harvest automatically takes those CRV and sells them to the base asset that was deposited. So if you deposit a die, they're going to sell all the CRV back to die and grow the die pool, then basically reinvest and do that continually. So at the end, when the user withdraws, they're going to end up with more die. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's so easy. And I mean, the road to 500 million in deposits, I mean, how did you guys go from zero to, to 500? Like, what were the crazy incentives that got you there so quickly? And I, I mean, quickly is, is kind of relative in, in crypto because it really hasn't been that long. But, you know, 500 million is, is impressive. I mean, that puts you at one of the top projects in the space from a total value lock perspective. Yeah, I think um, one of the important things, there's two things. I think it's um, the developers making an incredible product. Um, that users can see an immediate benefit from, right? So just from time and cost, it's amazing product for the user. And, you know, again, one of the things about crypto is still very intimidating. I remember when I first got into yield farming and I was trying to do YFI, I'm like, it's still the same thing when you paste an address and send money somewhere, you feel like you're going to misclick something and then that money's lost forever, right? And so with yield farming, there's so many kind of steps that I got to deposit here. Then am I sure I'm depositing this new weird token that I got over here? And and so I got to replicate that 10 times and I'm already scared doing it once, right? So I think by simplifying that, by it's it's as simple as deposit your die or your USDC or whatever, and you're done and you're making money already, right? As opposed to, I got to do, I got to jump through all these steps. So I think one is ease of use um, in the time when yield farming is very hot and there's a lot of potential uh, money to be made out there. Um, and I think the second part is, is they're 
focus. And I think really what I was hoping to be a key point of our conversation would be um, is community. The very, very um, strong focus on community and realizing synergy with the common folk like myself, because again, I'm just a dude that showed up on day one and, and wanted to do some yield farming. I'm like, whoa, this project's awesome, right? And they made me a moderator, right? Like I'm just a normal guy off the street. And all 10, 15 of us that, that are moderators or, or community managers, we're just guys that kind of showed up and they say, this is a great project. We want to help out. And we still perpetuate that idea today. We have, we're on our third or fourth iteration of a creativity contest where people can just create artwork. we got guys creating rap songs, which are really high quality, right? We're like blown away. We've gotten two rap songs, I think from the same guy, just amazing stuff. Um, ideas for UX, where a guy literally redesigned the entire website, like every page, and it just is submitting incredible stuff and ideas that we can use and show this is a participatory project, right? Like when you buy into an IC or whatever, it's, it's mainly information one way. This is what we're going to do. Here's our roadmap. You just sit and wait and we're going to deliver you something. Whereas like in Harvest, it feels like you can contribute, right? Like, oh, I, you can bring in strategies if you want and say, hey, look, uh, Barnbridge or whatever, this, this project just opened up. Can we consider doing this? I kind of thought it through. Here's my process map. And the devs will look at it and be like, holy crap, this is awesome. Let's implement it, right? And again, you feel tied into it. Um, Council 69 is something that it's kind of a community and developer orientation where we're trying to show that we're willing to use like the operational fund to plant seeds within the, the development community and work with projects to say like, hey, what we think you're bringing to DeFi is really going to be something that's awesome for the ecosystem. So here's like $50,000 seed investment or angel investment or whatever it is. And then they'll create some kind of synergy um, between those two projects, right? Like Kirkfy is an example of one of the first things that we kind of ran through Council of 69. And so now there's an agreement where we may start up a strategy through them and the, the ability to hedge between LPs. So not only on just the normal guy showing up wanting to invest in farm is there integration with the community. Then you have all this really deep community with um, devs. They also gave out grants like within their like first five, six weeks of investment or um, um, appearing on the scene. Sorry, I lost my words there. Um, they were handing out grants to just various groups because they're saying like, we're making all this money, but there's other groups out there that can't necessarily do the yield farming, but they definitely have the inspiration that the, the DeFi ecosystem needs, right? So we definitely want to participate and show and grow with them um, to continue um, to benefit Harvest and the other users, right? Because at some point, like when farm tokens kind of run out and emissions run out, how can you work with these other groups um, and bring in other revenue streams into the project, right? So it's not just kind of like fake emissions, like so many other projects in the ecosystem are. They're paying you with fake emissions and tokens and relying that as this is how we're, we're paying the people that hold our tokens. But Harvest is so unique in that there's cash flows attached to it. But again, how can you, again, plant those seeds to create other cash flows by connecting with other developers in the system, right? So I could get a little bit long-winded there though, but again, to me, um, community is very important um, and showing that connectivity is both ways. And it's not just kind of like a one-way information dictatorship. You feel way more tied into the community. And that really speaks to the, the 500 million because people come in, they see like, 
wow, people are very comfortable here. There's a lot of information, a lot of transparency. There's governance where um, people can really communicate it and express their ideas. And I think that's more comforting than, okay, here's a roadmap. Here's just a, a, a monthly newsletter and kind of just like this very basic template of information, right? It's more personable here and more comforting, I think, in a way. And I think it more invites you know, that 500 million and that explosive growth. Right. It's really great color on, on the community and what you guys have. The rap videos are, are amazing, by the way. It's crazy what the internet <laughs> comes up with. I guess my, my pointed question for you on the community is, is like, why are people coming, right? Are they coming because they love what Harvest stands for and they love yield farming? Or are they coming here for, you know, the farm token price? And I, I guess my follow-on question to that is, who are you targeting to attract with this community, right? Like, do you want retail who will, you know, make memes and rap videos? Do you want developers? Do you want marketing guys? Like, how do you pinpoint what you need and how you get that from the community? So I think it's not having a limitation of who we're looking for per se is what has made it so open, right? Because again, we have a lot of a lot of issues with crypto is it can be very hard for the normal person to get their foot in the door. They have to buy some funky token that then may fluctuate and then they put it in some other project which has risk and then that fluctuates too. But I think what, what makes Harvest very appealing is they kind of have very simplistic vaults in the sense that you can just deposit USDC or die, right? And that essentially should be pegged to a dollar. So it can be relatively safe for the mainstream person to say like, oh, I have $5,000, I'm going to throw a crypto. And if I can put it in a digital dollar, that's not going to tank 50% on me suddenly overnight. Okay, well, that seems a little bit better. Oh, this place Harvest Finance. Okay, yeah, they're doing, they're, t- doing, they're making it all easy for me. And the APYs are pretty high. Okay, and that's probably, the truth be told, that's what's bringing initially people to the door. They're seeing high APYs, right? They, you know, chasing money. That's what crypto is pretty much about at this point, unfortunately. But so that kind of brings you in the door. But then I think people, you know, whether they like engaging and just talking like me and you, or they're trying to do their due diligence, or maybe they saw a news article or whatever, they come and see our community and they're like, wow, uh, you know, I can get 10% of um, any profits generated if I bring something through Council 69 and it gets proved as kind of like this synergistic partnership. Holy cow, I can be a part of that. Or just even new strategies deployed by the vault. We have a tipping bot where we, we pay out money for people just being helpful or you know, translating the new strategies that hit, right? We have all these bounties. So we just have so many ways that we connect, whether you're a developer who's building a dashboard that's now built into the website. If you go click on dashboard on the website, that's um, community built, integrated into the main website, right? So that's just somebody that, was willing and multiple people contributed that, um, right? We have bots built. So whether you're a technical person, whether you're just an artist, you know, anybody can come and be part of Harvest Finance. And then again, from the financial standpoint, yeah, we would love to have the Warren Buffetts come in here because again, we make it easy for them to use by using USDC. You're not going to have to worry about some crazy asset that you want to use. You can also do Bitcoin. We have wrap Bitcoin um, that you can deposit in there now. So Again, I think that the the most appealing thing is that we're not necessarily focusing on, on one group of people. Anybody can become 
part of Harvest Finance, whether you just barely know anything to you're one of the most advanced users because everybody likes saving money, right? Like even quote unquote whales, right? They don't want to have to spend the time or money on the gas. So if they can come and feel safety and they're going to deposit at Curve anyways, well, why not do it at Harvest Finance where you're going to get some bonus farm token on top of that, right? So again, I'll stop there because I know it's kind of uh, no, no, rambling on a little bit there. <laughs> No, no, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're focused on the community. You're extremely plugged into this nuanced project. So it's important to, to hear these things. And I guess my one of my last questions on the community side is, you know, we hear a lot about technical debt with crypto projects. Just these projects get too complex, too much code. It's too hard to review. You don't know where the bugs are. Is there an idea of, you know, a community debt? Like, is there a point where the community gets too large, where it's just inefficient? Like, you know, you're not able to tap this person who might be solid at a project just because you run out of bandwidth or you just don't know how to organize the community once it gets too large. How do you kind of think through those things at Harvest? So, I, and that's an awesome question. Um, I think that's kind of why there's 10 to 15 of us and we serve different roles. We're, on, we're not just like chat room guys, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm a chat room guy. There's another guy, um, Arza, who's a, a chat room guy. Poopster does the community creativity contest with Maber Boobage. We got Silage Pete and Brandon who does a lot of like technical dashboard and bot stuff. Um, we have Bibby Cat and JB. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to forget any names because we have so many incredible guys that approach the community from different perspectives and baby cats a, a big guy with uh, the chinese community which is a very big part an important part of crypto and we have such an amazing um, chinese community and he does an amazing job working with exchanges and just doing so many stuff behind the scenes so you know i think people tend to think community on a project is like a chat room but it's just so much more than that um just you know trying to talk with people day to day right it's, it's trying to inspire people again it's trying to show them that they're connected into um what we're doing so you know at some point it could get a little large and unwieldy in a sense but let's cross that bridge when we get to it because maybe that means we have 10 billion dollars in you know in assets locked up in the platform right but you know like ultimately we feel it's a good thing because we're just it's amazing how much content that we're getting flooding in and we feature it every single week so much cool artwork um you know the rap songs the, the ux stuff is i'm blown away by like some of this stuff like it's probably never usable because it's so crazy but i'm like wow if we could just implement pieces of this like we would just have the most amazing website out there and i think that's kind of like what the the next step for harvest is is just kind of uh polishing up everything we're doing this ux uh, developer contest now it just kicked off yesterday the day before and reddit um, right now it's in the idea phase so if you're kind of part of harvest finance you're seeing what we're doing you can stop by and say hey i think if you guys had a bot that did this or i think if your front screen displayed this information and then we'll pick the like i think top five ideas and then we'll kind of move to implement implementation phase how can we actually do this and then we'll be looking for technical guys to come out and help build this stuff right because the devs are working on strategies and all the really key components we're really relying on organic growth um, at harvest finance and from the community to help kind of build out some of these tools. And um, the devs are definitely very open-handed with that operational fund, right? I think every uh, creativity contest has been like $15,000 in farm um, given out, right? So, yeah. So, and we've done like three or four of those, right? So as a a developer, 
Um, you know, there's obviously the potential too, if you can come and help build a, a critical needed piece of the infrastructure for high-risk finance, the devs are definitely willing to reciprocate, right? And again, that's where we get the, the more of the buy-in of the community because um, then you as a developer say like, oh man, these guys are great. I can see the legitimacy of the project. That kind of spreads word of mouth through the developers and then large investors kind of hear about that, right? So really about, you know, so, sowing trust and showing it's not just about, you know, making money as a developer or whatever. It's actually about building something that the, the ecosystem needs. No, that's, that's incredible. I love the story of your community and how you guys, guys built it. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you about Delta Exchange. If you're looking to trade crypto futures and options, check out Delta Exchange where you can trade futures on Bitcoin and leading altcoins with up to 100 times leverage. Delta also offers options on Bitcoin and altcoins, spread contracts, and interest rate swaps. Launched in 2018 and backed by industry leaders like CoinFund and Aave, Delta is a secure and trusted platform to trade crypto derivatives. Head over to delta.exchange to trade with strong liquidity and low trading fees. Now back to our episode. And just switching gears to get to a couple of, of non-community type questions, I'd love your take sure. on them. I mean, there's a there's a couple of different areas here when it comes to aggregators, right? Like you have like the urines and pickles of the world that are focused on active strategies, incentivizing people to create like alpha generating strategies. You have like the the UIs, the front pages of DeFi, like Zapper and DBank and projects like that. Um, and then you have, you know, the, uh, you know, more automatic yield farming for, for more passive investors, right? Like Harvest comes into that and a couple others. Who do you think, you know, I, I just like to get competitive just so we can kind of zero in. Who do you think wins in that scenario, right? Because in my mind, the UI ultimately wins, but you also want people to generate alpha. But on the flip side, you need something for passive investors too. That's just easy and simplifies it. But I feel like we're kind of early in this process and I'd love to kind of hear from your side if which which one do you think will ultimately win? Um, I think the one... It's hard to say because like if you think in like in the fiat world today, right, there's like a million different investment platforms, right? And like we want to get so competitive and be like tribal and like, oh, urine is the number going to be the number one. <laughs> Harvest is going to beat them all. But like, you know what? There's space for all of us, right? Like, you know, the, and competition What is what fuels growth and innovation, right? So I, you know, obviously I like to think Harvest um, is doing it in one of the better ways and just again going back to community i'm not going to continue to beat that dead horse but you know just with the participation and the connectivity i think that brings in the fact that we you know i know you mentioned 500 million we, we shot up to a billion right we were past a billion at one point right and and that all came within like a week and a half we just had some insane growth huge growth curve right so part of that comes from you know simple simple ui straightforward you know urine has a bunch of products but like if you don't kind of go study them like it's kind of hard to, to kind of get into them right like so like they're pumping out so much stuff and so much cool innovative stuff but like i have to go research it before i can kind of figure out whereas like you kind of see with harvest front pages that's what you get right deposit some money start journey um, generating some awesome apys uh versus year and they have like some insurance products, they have all these other kind of things. So, you know, again, it goes back to, we don't want to be limited to who we invite in. So I think by offering this kind of simplistic method in a sense that allows everybody to come in and everybody likes to make money, 
right? If you want to do some more sophisticated products, then yeah, you can definitely jump over to a Yearn or you know some of these other um, competitors are out there. But again, I always look back to the fiat world and say, there's a JP Morgan, there's Bank of America, there's Wells Fargo. They all they all offer different investments and they all thrive and they all make money. So um, we don't need to be this one's going to be number one, it's going to be dominant. I like that there's competition and there's different takes on it because um, Harvest was the first one to deploy a uni strategy, right? I, I don't think uh, Urine has one, right? So even just differentiations in, in how you deploy a strategy can make you different, make you competitive, right? Um, so I don't know if that's no, no, that's question. no, that no, it definitely does. I mean, so what of those projects would you like to have in Harvest? Like, is there anything at Pickle or Yearn or Zapper or DBank or any of those that you wish Harvest had right now? Because uh, I know there's obviously a lot of differences between projects, things that you might want to build that somebody else has, anything that they're doing well that you like? Yeah, I mean, I like um, that there's a little bit like more, not more diversity, but just, you know, like Link. There's a Link Vault at Yearn, right? Um, you know, so just some of those more additional strategies where you can appeal to some of those coins that you know just has like a lot of like depth of liquidity, has a good community base. I mean, I mean the Link Marines, right? I mean, you could get those guys rallied up and say, hey, man, you can make 200% APY on your Link. I mean, that would be amazing to have, right? So, but again, we're just so early. This is, we're 11 weeks in, right? You know, um, Gurn has this big advantage on us. But just looking at like Council of 69 and what we're doing and talking with um, like the perp fies of the world um, and some other projects. Today's Tuesday. So I would look today. Um, every Tuesday we do our weekly updated harvest. Um, the, the new weekly reward cycles rolls out. And I think there may be talk about... Um, one of the strategies or something coming out of Council 69, right? So I don't 100% sure because they're still working on uh, the updates and we don't really see it until a couple minutes before the actual, um, the, the real community sees it, right? So fortunately, I can't leak any alpha there for you, but um, we've kind of heard word that something's bubbling out of Council 69. And so again, to me, you know, Yearn's building all these like really cool products, but I think it's really interesting to see how we're reaching out externally to the ecosystem to help them grow and then have synergy with us, right? So again, connecting with PerFi and be able to do some kind of hedging um, and growing beyond just yield farming, right? If we could, you know, turn these liquidity pools into like a true hedge management fund, right? Then you can kind of go beyond yield farming, um, which may have a limited life cycle, right? Like kind of IP ICOs kind of petered out, even though some kind of people do it. Now you have like this fair, um, fair launch kind of thing um, where it's yield far- farming through bootstrapping. So is that going to eventually peter out, right? So, um, so I kind of talked about this earlier, is just looking for different ways to bring in revenue and kind of potentially grow beyond yield farming. But again, that's kind of so far in the future. But again, planting those seeds in as many as you can, hopefully you get kind of something bountiful out of those crops, right? Amen. So Red, let's switch over towards the end of the podcast now and just talk quickly about the economics for farm and then grain. The farm token itself receives cash flows on revenues of your AM. I think it's 30% profit sharing. There was zero tokens at launch. So, you know, fair launch. Uh, completely bootstrapped, no VCs, no pre-mines. So you had all the cool you know, aspects of, of a great DeFi launch. I guess my question for you is, what are, what are farm holders receiving? It, it is the revenue from the AUM? Like, is it a percentage of, of what's being farmed? And I guess my second question for you is, like, is 30% defensible, right? I mean, it seems low. I know there's a lot of costs involved with running a platform, but what if a competitor comes out, which, which I mean, they do with 60%, 90%, 100% profit sharing? How, how does that factor in? 
Okay, so yeah, so the farm token, I wrote, I've written a piece on this. I've written like six different articles um, about <laughs> harvest finance. You can look me up on Medium, Redemption without the second E. I'll definitely I, link you know, to it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So, um, and I wrote, um, I think, two articles specifically on why farms differ and then how the, the profit share works. But, you know, generally, like 95% of tokens in existence don't have cash flows connected to them, right? That's kind of just like, oh, we're, you know, this you need this token for data flows or you know xyz to operate the system but okay that's cool but is any of the money generated the system actually attached to that token well no and then it turns out that's just some speculatory token right that's driven by market cycles and it truly has no value well farm is is so much different because you know explained earlier a normal user a liquidity provider deposits their die then it starts um, you know, mining or harvesting CRV and it continues to grow their die pile, right? That 30% is taken out of the profits that are generated, right? So the depositor is receiving 70% and then 30% is flowing to the um, stakers of farm, right? To make up for that 30% haircut, that a depositor is losing, right? Um, because instead of 100%, they're only getting 70%. They're receiving farm tokens in lieu of that, right? Which then they can also stake to recoup part of that 30%. Some random math that we were doing at the time when farm, I think, was like 80, worth $80. To make up for the 30% haircut a depositor is taking, you only need like 4% in farm rewards, and you're getting like 20%. Right, so wow. you're you're getting a lot more um, than you're actually taking a haircut for, right? And then again, when you restake that farm, you're actually uh, recovering part of that thirty percent. Um, so what's that's what's really cool about um, the farm token is that when like most tokens out there, you go and deposit, and they're paying you back in that token, but it's coming from like just emissions, right, from a printing press, right? Whereas farm, even though you're getting paid in farm in the profit share, that's being bought off the open market with the profits generated. So in that sense, it's just a medium of exchange, right? I have $1,000. I buy $1,000 in farm and I hand it to you, right? It's still $1,000 cash that was generated by the system. That helps, um, gives like some market support to farm and just kind of plays into the economics a little bit. Um, But ultimately, yeah, it's a great system because it is true profit. It started out at 5%. It rose to 30%. So there can be some give and take in that percentile that we talk about governance, um, depending on, you know, whether emissions are tapering off or, you know, some new competitive guy offers 40, 50, 60%. But again, where is that 40, 50, 60% coming from? Unless you're printing press money, well, then you're having to take it out of the pocket and a depositor is only going to tolerate so much money being taken out of their pocket before they go to another project, right? So it's just kind of finding that balance. And I think we struck it with that 30%. And then in addition to the farm rewards that you can tack onto it, you can see this is actually a very beneficial system. And I think another reason why we're at 500 million and a billion at one point is because we weren't just some food random speculatory token that was going to go fly by night, right? You know, there's actually true value here. You can do a PE analysis on this token because there are cash flows to it. You can't do a PE out of the other tokens on the market because there's there's no money flowing to that token. You can't cash anything out of it. So that's what's going to appeal to the mainstream of a dude from Wall Street, right? Is looking around. He's like, all these tokens are garbage. Oh wait. I can do an effective analysis on this. Oh, wow. Okay, here's the annualized rate of return on this. Here's my cost entry. And again, thinking about like a, a urine token, 
like think about the cost of entry, like $15,000 for that token, right? What is your um, output for that token to be for you to have equal value for that $15,000 buy-in as opposed to like a Harvest Finance at $125. I think that's what it is right now relative to the rate of return for that. So I think that's what kind of gives us a little bit of competitive edge too, just kind of like the newness people can kind of very much get in now and really see a high rate of return. But even outside of farm ownership, again, just deposit some USDC and you have this very um, high rate of return and very simplistic and easy to use. Yeah, no, I wish we had, I wish we were able to model these projects out a couple of years ago on Wall Street. It would have been much easier to convince our bosses at the time to to pull the trigger and let us cover some of these things. It was all, <laughs> yeah. it was all theoretical back then. But uh, no, it's a, it's a great answer, Red. And you know, just circling back, we have a couple of questions from our institutional plus chat that we we uh, we have within Delphi with our members. And one of our questions was from John Hardy, who asked about kind of the grain token. So I was wondering what exactly the grain token is, and ultimately um, what the model is for it, like and what it's supposed to do. Sure. So the grain token is basically the the attempt at the the project to reimburse all those that were affected by the attack. So I, we haven't really touched on that at all, but unfortunately there was an attack on the system that resulted in about a $30 million um, loss in, to depositors in the, the USDC and the USDT um, vaults. Um, it was a flash attack. Somebody did um, some arbitrage and, and kind of made the prices go wonky and then they're basically able to get out with $30 million. So, Unfortunately, that's kind of like the risk in crypto and DeFi right now, just with the, the new technologies. I mean, one misconfiguration in a line of code with these complex money Legos can really make things go wonky, right? But in, in a sense, that's kind of the trade-off that you get for these 400% APYs, right? Like if it was FDIC, FDIC insured with 400% APY, everybody would be <laughs> doing it, right? But this is kind of like the, the Wild West. So, you know, the, the devs take full responsibility for that, you know, even though that's kind of like the known risk. So even though there's no, again, FDIC, no implied requirement for them to pay you back that they want to find a means to right and so the grain token this was talked about um we had in governance we had there was a snap sh uh, shot pull done for farm holders there's also kind of like a hybrid pull done in, in discord and they balance the sentiments between the two and say okay um, what do we want to do so they overly um, overwhelmingly voted towards reimbursement um, or reimbursement method which was creating the grain token which would then collect this hasn't been fully fleshed out yet, right? So we're really at the stage of, okay, let's create the green token, right? So I'm just going to have to give you a little bit of Red's interpretation again. So uh, I don't overly want to speak for the devs because this isn't fleshed out. So um, please just understand this is my interpretation at this point. But um, it seems like then there will be like either emissions um, will be pointed towards buying those IOUs back from users you know, at the dollar valuation and or even diverting some profits um, from the profit share um, to doing the same, right? Um, because again, we have cash flow um, in this project. How many other projects out there could suffer a $30 million blow and then still be able to legitimately hand money back to users? They'd probably be printing, pressing fake tokens, right, to pay you back. And then you just have to hope that the speculatory value of that token went up. Whereas this is, they're really going to try to say, we owe $30 million. So over time, we're going to have to divert $30 million to purchasing these IOUs um, back from the users. So that's the very kind of um, simplified version of that. Again, it's still kind of being hammered out. But yeah, grain is simply just a, an IOU token that will be bought and burnt. So we can um, eventually try to reimburse all impacted users. Awesome. Yeah. Do you, um, it's good that the devs are, are 
you know, approaching it heads on. I saw your post-mortem post too, that was out by the team, which was, which was great covering like what happened and, and how you guys plan to mitigate these things in the future. I guess the other question for you is like, I mean, ultimately the team could just print farm, right. And cover it, but that kind of gets you down like a slippery slope of, you know, do you do that every time? How does that impact the value of farm? Things like that. Yeah, well, the supply is capped at, at 690,420 tokens, 690,420 tokens. And yeah, and if you just start printing, pressing farm, then you're devaluating you know, the farm itself and you have all these negative consequences, right? So, you know, it's, it's not something that we can just snap our fingers and say, here, users, here's all your money back, right? Because again, like there was a little bit of responsibility with project takes full responsibility. So I don't want this to be misinterpreted, but there's a little bit of responsibility on the community side to say, yeah, this is why I was getting 400% APY. This is the wild west. There was a little bit of danger for this happening. And there is no guarantees of reimbursement. They're trying to take this step to say, we're going to do what we can to reimburse everyone without crippling the project either, right? Because then if suddenly you're taking all profits, there's no profit share any longer, right? That you just break too many things and ultimately it's it's very bad for the project, then users will never see their money. So there's mm-hmm. just kind of like you're walking the tightrope a little bit, right? It's like, hey, let's let's show good faith and say, yeah, we made the mistake. Let's get some users some money back, but we have to do it where it's gonna, not going to break the project so badly that then eventually the users would never get paid back, right? So again, it's yeah. kind of walking this balance to make sure everybody's kind of happy. And Red, I mean, we we probably don't have time to go into the full hack because we're running low, but I'll, I'll link to the postmortem and because it's an awesome write-up on what happened and, and what you guys are doing to mitigate that and things like that. But I guess my overall question though is, I feel like it's inevitable that these hacks are just going to continue for all projects, right? I mean, these projects get more complex, the code gets more complex, there's more interdependencies, things like that. I mean, is there just, is this just something we have to live with? I, I don't feel like it's really going to be solved. I mean, you could take out, you know, insurance on Nexus, you could make a dev pool or, or sorry, a treasury pool to help mitigate it. But I feel like it's just going to happen again, right? At some point. I think it, it just depends, right? Like, yeah, hackers are crafty, right? But I mean, does that shut down the internet? There's hacks every single day. You know, there's stuff that happens there. We don't say shut down the internet, right? But we need to grow and learn from it. We need to be responsible, right? And so, you know, one of them is, you know, doing an IOU and trying to be responsible and say, hey, we made a mistake, let's, let's reimburse that. But I think the other part is working with other members of the community to say, how can, how, we, how can we prevent this, right? You know, can we reach out to Curve and, and work directly with them and say, like, is there some kind of analysis that we can both do before we deploy a vault? Um, again, this is just red talking, I, you know, you know, I'm just pulling random ideas out. But I think, again, the collaboration that um, Harvest Finance seeks um, with other projects, I think really um, will help lend to that. But I think, yeah, we need to be more responsible, right? Like this whole uh, dev in production, right? Like we have this whole renegade attitude. Well, if we're going to have a renegade attitude, we're never going to solve the problem of, you know, things potentially getting hacked because we just want to YOLO into the next thing that makes us a lot of money, right? So um, I think going back to like one of your earlier questions is, which one of these is going to be the winner? I think which which one of these is going to be the winner is the one that they're going to do the, the safest and most responsibly, right? Like, unfortunately, Harvest stubbed their toe, but it wasn't because they were acting irresponsibly. It was because things were extremely complicated, right? But if you look at, like, the entire picture of Harvest Finance in the 11 weeks and everything that they've tried to do to integrate with the community, doing emission burns, reducing their, you know, um, total supply from 5 
million to less than a million, right? All these things that they want to do to show that they want to be a part of this and not just here to rug pull or take your money or do whatever, you know, that's how you build the trust. So yeah, you may stub your toe a little bit, but um, along the way, I think, again, if you kind of grow from those failures and continue to improve yourself, but we have to get away from this greed ideology and test and production and just, you know, throw it at the wall and hope it works, right? And until we kind of get away from that. But fortunately, we're kind of stuck in that in crypto, right? Like, it's so hard to read Twitter sometimes because it's just so like money grabbing and, and, you know, and it's just like, ugh. but that's kind of like what I like about Harvest because the trading room is probably one of the, the deadest rooms in the in all the chat. We have like 15, 20 channels in there. The most busy channels are the strategy rooms um, and the governance rooms where people really want to participate and make Harvest an awesome place. And so to me, you know, being in various projects, this is like the third or fourth project that I've been a community manager for. Like this is the one that really excites me because it's not about all the shooting to the moon and the moon boys. It's like, hey, what can we do to like make this um, easier for somebody or, you know, uh, improve the website or X, Y, Z, right? It's, it has nothing to do with money. It's all about the user experience and growing the farmlands in a sense. It's crazy. It's only been 11 weeks. I mean, I talk to projects all the time and it's just, you know, hey, we've been around for 30 days or 11 weeks. It's just crazy how much gets done in such a short amount of time. Oh, I know. And like people always say like, oh, what, do you, what is Harvest going to be like a year from now? You know, like what are you going to do like a year from now? Like, man, uh, in uh, 11 weeks, we've like made all these radical changes. I can't imagine, in, you know, in 40 more weeks is what's going to happen, right? Like, yeah. so yeah, like, you know, I, again, I mentioned Council 69 and them trying to do things outside of yield farming directly, but like, shoot, Four weeks from now, you know, I'm, I'm hoping something, you know, a, a left turn is going to come out and make this even more exciting, right? So, like, I can't predict a year from now, but all I can say is for 11 weeks have been amazing, exciting, and they're continuing on that traje- trajectory. So, I hope everybody kind of jumps on the, the Harvest Finance um, bad wagon and joins us for the ride because I think it's going to be awesome. Awesome. No, I'm with you. And we'll, we'll be on the lookout for the grain token write-up. I know that's planned. And our last question for our institutional chat a confidential one is just, are you guys, do you guys know who the hacker is or is it just still kind of just random, no real outreach, nothing? I, I just wasn't sure if there was any comms there or anybody actually knew who it was. So um, we're kind of like the, the mod chat, uh, chat guys. We're kind of like in the semi-dark on this. Um, they've shared information that they're contacting the various authorities. Um, you know, they've worked with a couple of other projects reached out to these analytics groups that were very helpful and kind of giving us some pro bono access to tools. Um, but it goes back to like the old adage, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove, right? Mm-hmm. They have like this really, really strong idea of who they think or know who it is, right? But they just can't come out and say it because it's not like there's fingerprints on the blockchain or this, you know, guy withdrew at Coinbase, right? So everybody can see who who he was, right? So they have pretty strong indicators, but like it, I think at this point they've made the decision after seeing like, like I think it was mentioned on Twitter, like they're using like these like weird Russian exchanges and trying to launder all this money. And at this point, if they're going through all that trouble, trying to chase a hacker instead of you know focusing your resources on like restoring the farmlands like that's the better that's the better usage of our resources right now is kind of really moving forward and again you can see that i think the 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 um aum dropped down to like 
high 100s, um, maybe low 200s post attack from a billion. And we're recovering, pushing past, you know, 500 million again, right? So again, I think that really shows the, the confidence and that the correct decision was made to move forward and stop kind of like lingering on this guy, right? Because it's, or a person, I'm sorry, it's because it could be very difficult in the end. Yes, this is a person that did it without a smoking gun admission. Well, Red, thanks so much for your time, man. You're, you're insanely engaged with your community. You have a great take on where you guys are going and how you're building it. So I really appreciate your time. And I'm hoping to have you on again, uh, again sometime soon. I'll link to everything you mentioned, your post, Harvest. Everyone can check you guys out. And uh, again, just thanks for your time, man. This is awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And please, everybody who's listening, we would love to have you in our Discord community. Or if you're not a chat person, please come by our Reddit. We try to keep that updated as well. But we love everybody in our community, artists, musicians, devs, um, investors, everybody, right? Uh, Harvest is the place for everybody. So please just come out and join us if you have the time. Awesome. Thanks so much. I'll definitely talk soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please support the show by hitting subscribe on iTunes, writing a review, or sharing this episode on Twitter and LinkedIn. And stay tuned for our next episode out soon.